Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the Earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! <laughs> Boy, you are not ready. Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight. How does he intro the show? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> However you want, buddy. Do, do whatever you want. That's, Our that's name is Current right Jen. <laughs> Our What's name up? is Current Derek Teague, and we are on episode 26 of Current Gen Podcast. I'll be mm-hmm. hosting tonight since um, basically we hired Daniel Freitas to join us so Tim Nestor could take multiple vacations throughout the year because he's an entitled yep. little employee who thinks, oh, I make a lot of money. I don't have to show up when I don't want to. Yeah. He's so, one of those CEOs that like says he doesn't get enough salary. So then like every year he asks the board to give him more salary, but then doesn't do anything. Is that what? Yeah. Is that so what's he going gets on? his pay raise because I, I buy him more games every year and sure. he shows up less basically. Yeah, so anyways, we, at least for the first half, maybe the entire show, we have no idea Tim's going to show up because that's what CEOs do. They just show up when they want. <laughs> but we are on episode 26. And just so you know what we're planning to hit on, uh, this past week was Gamescom, so we'll be covering some of the news and highlights from that. And then, uh, as always, we're going to start the show off with Now Playing. So, since I like to talk a lot, I will defer to Daniel Freitas to start and tell us if he's playing anything new, anything interesting. And then I will go on for about an hour, and then the show will okay. So you're you're just letting yourself catch uh, you're catching your breath, so you giving can ramble. you a, a okay. few minutes up front, and then sure. just so everybody knows, the rest of the show will probably just be me. A few minutes, so generous. Thank you, thank you. Just hey, no I don't problem. know if you're timing it. I don't know how many few minutes I have. So you're um, running out of time right now. Okay, so I have less time now than I did when you had first started saying that I had a few minutes. Yes, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> Um, so I actually, uh, so I fish, uh, finished Ghost of Tsushima yesterday. Um, oh, okay. so I actually, I plowed through that cause I had the week off, uh, my wife and I did. So I just, I honestly was playing most of that just so I could finally like finish it and then get to some of the other stuff so I can actually have other things to talk about. Um, I actually recently, uh, pay, uh, bought, um, what was it? Jurassic Park Evolution. I, uh, I got Hitman 2. It's just Hitman 2, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't call it something yeah. else. Because it's like a soft reboot no, or whatever. So I got the uh, I got like the ultimate edition of that that has all the stuff. So I grabbed that. Um, so I'll, I'll play those soon. Um, and then last time I mentioned uh, what was it Alt- uh, Atelier Risa or Risa? I forget how to pronounce it. Um, I didn't play much mm-hmm. of that, so I don't really have much to say about that yet. Um, and then I played yeah, a demo of, um, what you thought of, um, of a ghost. ghost as far as story, did it finish good without spoiling? And obviously I haven't finished it. Um, it, it so, you know, I, I know that this is a, a 
it makes you angry when I discuss my emotions because I'm I'm a I'm a real boy and you're just a hollow shell of a man. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah no it's um it, things happen the there's you know especially as you're going towards the end of the second act and then uh you progress into the third act. The third act is pretty is very short compared to the rest of the game. Um I think the average when I was looking it up just to see when I was curious as I went into chap um act 3 it's like I think the average was like 3 hours. Um, and I'm sure that depends on how much stuff you still have left over, like if you're going to do that. But I think like the average of like finishing the story, if you kind of just, you know, plow through it um, is about three hours. So, yes, it's very good. Very good. Very emotional um, stuff that happens towards the end of the game um, involving characters. All that kind of comes to with sort of everything that you've done throughout the game, being the ghost. Um Mm-hmm. you know and and that how that weighs against being a samurai um and just things obviously i can't say too much but yeah there's there's basically a culmination of sort of everything that you've done and the choices that you've made as the character well i mean you don't like make choices like you do like with their infamous games but just like the general you know making choices as the characters choosing to be this ghost and and sort of not honorable warrior uh, you know compared to what samurais actually are um so all that kind of comes to but there's no like because there's a lot of side quests there's too many Mm. and to my in my opinion i don't i'm not saying they're not quality most of them were quality that's what i praise the game for but there's a a, four or five uh side characters that you can do multiple parts Yeah, like your companions like some of like nine yeah nine so do those play out in the end game again without spoiling it but do they impact the end game at all or you could just skip them finish the game and it's still going to finish the same um so those companions are still like with you so it doesn't impact the actual main story but um i'm curious as far as like the way that they sort of talk um so the the, the moments leading up to sort of like the final battle um, they actually like will say like, "Hey, like we still haven't found that person, or we still haven't done that thing." So I'm wondering if you do that thing, the the, the way that the actor uh, did the VO like changes. They're like, "Oh, thank you for helping me find that person." Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so there's just like a little yeah, scene where the they acknowledge. Act. Yeah, they still they acknowledge like that. You still need to do stuff. Okay, because yeah, one of the guys he's like we still need to track her down i'm not gonna spoil it yeah yeah, yeah. we need to track her down and then my character responds and says yeah she's a threat we need to right. take care of her and that was like i'm not in a mission and i'm not even doing the main story but i was just talking to him and that's what he says to right. me at one of the camps so yeah, yeah i just wanted to make sure i wanted to get confirmation that if i do mainline this it would not like Mass Effect. If you were just to mainline the main campaign, any of those games, you kind of screw yourself because the ending ends up being differently. But this sounds yeah. like this is a set story that, yes, you can impact it by the way you play, but not whether you skip missions or not. Okay. Yeah, no, those characters are still right. there in those well, moments. Um, that's just, um, yeah, the, the only thing that I don't know because I didn't complete the missions prior to the final battle is whether they like 
acknowledge that you helped him that with that thing versus saying like, "Hey, we still need to do that thing." So, um, okay, but yeah, no, it's it's an excellent game. Uh, that game, Ghost of Tsushima, and Last of Us Part Two, just like an epic swan song to the PS4. So, like, it's just it's just insane. Agreed. So. I think I think once I finally finished Ghost, which I am in Act Three. I think I've done two or three missions, so I probably only have like three or four story missions. The problem is, is I keep telling myself, I'm just going to go through the main story so, so I can get it done because I'm kind of burnt out of the game. But I never do it because every time I boot it up, I just start doing a side mission. Um, because I, I mean, feel you can bad. go back to the like... I know, but I feel bad. Like, I do want to see some of those side stories play out before I finish the game. So we'll sure. see. I'll, I'll have to decide because my issue is I've got Marvel's Avengers. I got the deluxe edition. So that literally releases in two days for me. Um, okay. And I hate having... I don't mind playing multiple games at a time. I actually normally do it. But normally what I do is I'll do a, like an open world slash story game. And then I'll do like something that's more maybe gameplay focused. Rocket League. A good example would be like I always have Rocket League. Um, sure. But if I'm getting sick of Rocket League, I'll play something else. So, um, in fact, my second game while I was playing Ghost of Tsushima became Mortal Shell. I did talk about it last week. I praised it. I hadn't beat it, but I actually took a, about a four day break, four or five day break from gaming in general. And even made a post about it, how I just don't even care about gaming. Well, that night I actually booted up Mortal Shell um, after saying I'm not gaming, and I beat it. Like, I beat the third dungeon area, took care of that boss on the first try, which I was kind of nervous about him because I was like, oh, he's got to be hard because the entire area, the way it's designed, is probably one of the coolest levels in all of gaming. So that's a huge compliment. Um, I just feel like it not only looked good, but it was a maze. And they don't really tell you anything. You just have to figure this stuff out. And as I kept going from layer to layer, I was like, holy crap, dude. I figured, because this is a, got to remember, my mindset was this is a smaller game. So even though this is going to be the biggest area because it's the last and final one, I didn't expect it to be as big as it ended up being and as confusing Mm -hmm. as it ended up being. And I did uh, take my time on this game. So even though I've heard uh, people online say they beat it in 10 hours, I've easily invested 25 to 30 hours in this game. Um, I have done the the full playthrough. I beat it and then started the second one and already maxed out my main weapon in the second playthrough. Which, it's not that it's easy to do. It's just once you know what you're doing, you can... That's what I, I want to say this about this game, especially if like Jesse White listens to the show, because he's like, he's always interested in these games, but these style of games, but he only likes them most of the time if they're co-op or if it's a single player experience like this one is, he would probably want to know, is it something that I can do without having to do the same thing over and over? You mean, you know what I mean? Like grind for hours. I feel like because this game is naturally smaller and it does not have a um, progression system or I should say a leveling up system like Dark Souls where you actually go and mess with the stats of your characters. 
the way you upgrade here, yes, it does take some grinding to get glimpses. So there's two types of currency. There's glimpses and there's your, I think it's wax or something like that. Some, some other um, uh, currency that you use. But basically to level up your armor, so there's four armors in the game. Whatever one you decide is going to be your main, to level that one up takes a good amount of glimpses and takes a good, like, a lot of the wax. So you would technically go, okay, well then I have to, I have to grind. I have to do the same thing over and over. Yes, but there are, and this is, this is where coming in, me watching playthroughs and stuff like this, help me. There are little things that you can do to speed it up so it didn't feel, at least to me, but again, I was having fun with the game. That I was doing the same thing over and over. Um, yeah. Also, there. Here's what I do want to say because I think this is really important for those who are on the fence about this game. Everything is un unlock is, is you have the ability to unlock it before any boss fight. So what I mean by that is you can technically level fully level up an entire armor or all four of them if you want, and all of your weapons before you fight a main boss. That is huge because one of my biggest complaints in Sekiro was I did not like that they hid stuff behind. Well, they didn't hide stuff. They just basically said, hey, you want to get your character stronger and you want your sword to be stronger? You got to beat that boss. Well, the problem with that for me, and I've already gone over this before, is if you get stuck on a boss... One of your go-tos in Bloodborne and Dark Souls and those type of games is then you grind to power up your uh, your character so you can then go and beat the boss. The only thing you uh -huh. can do in Sekiro is you can you can grind, but you can only unlock abilities. They do help you for sure, but if you're not that good at the game, like if you're not a pro at the game in the way they want you to play it, you're still screwed. Hence our group, which has a lot of Souls and Bloodborne fans, it's amazing, but I think really only you beat it, Rudy, and then I beat it by <laughs> by cheating. <laughs> so as far as I know, yeah. there's only two people in our group that beat Sekiro, Sekiro, whatever, however you want to call it. Um, whereas got to be more than that. Dark Souls Three and Bloodborne, there was a ton that beat it. Like it's mm. not a ton, but a lot of speed. Well, like the health, wasn't um, it like the health um, increases? And in, there was a certain items that you would get with beating bosses in Sekiro. Yeah, right. If I recall, yeah. so that's what it was because you need. Yeah, you that, need was all, that was all locked behind bosses, whether it's mini bosses yeah. or big bosses. And the mini bosses were pretty hard too. Now some stuff was hidden in the in the world, but that's what's cool about Mortal Shell. Is in fact one of the most powerful upgrades in the game. You can literally unlock it by getting three thousand wax or tar. It's tar, not wax. Three thousand yeah. tar, which that would take you probably thirty minutes to an hour if you're good at the game of grinding. And then you can go to there's a hidden shop. You find that hidden shop. You can buy that uh, upgrade, and it you can upgrade it right away. So that's what I was trying to say. I went long-winded like I always do, especially when I'm talking about something that I like. But the, what I was trying to explain is anybody who's like, well, is the game too hard? In my opinion, no. I'm not going to sit here and say I suck at Dark Souls and, and Sekiro and Neo-type games. I don't. 
but I'm also not amazing at them. Like, I don't just pick them up and go, mm, I got it. Like, for me, Sekiro was very hard to the point where until I did what I did on the PC, which is I modded it, but then I started a second playthrough where I took the mods off, except the ones that are, uh, like, they just make the game easier to play as far as not difficulty but as far as like uh for instance just as a quick example after you beat an enemy the gold floats in the air and you have to hold a button down to suck the gold in i have a mod where it just automatically sucks in i don't have to push the button so just like little simple things to make the experience easier but not the actual difficulty but only reason i was able to start doing that was because i created a through the mods and beating it the first time a leveling up system in a way where if you can grind, you can then level up your sword up to like a level 99 or something like that. Um, But anyway, so Mortal Shell to me is outstanding. If I had to give it a score, I'm going to give it an 8.5. So I'm a little higher than most reviews. Um, I'm definitely going to beat the new game. So I didn't just start it and go, I know what I'm doing. I'll just beat it. So it's a super fun game. The other two, and I'll be a little bit quicker on this. Overrated. <laughs> what was that, Dad? I said overrated. Oh, Pop's home. We gotta behave now. <laughs> we actually didn't even say anything, but I should have dropped yeah, one right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, continue, Derek. I know you were talking about playing. Go ahead. <laughs> Dad said it's say? okay for you to talk. He said it's it's okay for you to talk. Can you, not, can you not hear me? I can hear you. I can hear him. Okay. He just says I'm so many words, Tim, that he just blo- he just like blocked out your words with his words, like like oh, got like it. a Super Saiyan would power up and just be over <laughs> nine thousand, but you were not got over it. nine thousand, so he overpowered you. Got it. Yeah. True. Okay. So the other game I'm playing right now, and I I don't know if I'll drop off of it. I'm trying not to because I want to get to the D- DLC is Control. So I'm playing it. This is my second playthrough, but I'm my first playthrough on PC. I'm actually probably two thirds through, so I kind of want to just see it through. So again, like I said, I can get to the DLC. So I want to play the first DLC, and then I haven't bought it yet because I figure by the time I finish everything, it'll go on sale. But I do want to buy the AWE. Um, DLC, oh, yeah. the Alan Wake experience is what I'm guessing it. It's relating no, to the it's fact the that altered just... world event. The what? No, it's Alan Wake. It actually experience. stands for altered the um, altered world event, which is actually in the game. They use that all the time. If you look through all the documentation, oh. it's AWE okay. all throughout the game. It all so makes Alan, sense. Alan Wake experience. Oh gosh, yeah, so really Alan Wake is the <laughs> Alan Wake is the world. He he actually is a world inside of a person it's it's all connected it's all connected well i do want to chime in on this because i just played alan wake for the first time i hadn't played it before um you guys can hear me okay right my volume looks super low yeah we just can't see you uh you're you're lower than me and daniel for sure yeah it sounds it sounds real quiet over here i'll try to fix that later anyway uh just played alan wake for the first time and for a game that came out eight years ago i think it holds up really well especially visually like certain distant shots where you can see you know the lake and mountains and some of the different shadows and stuff it's pretty impressive Hmm. of course the character models look like last gen of course sure sure. um but yeah it looks like it's been fine-tuned and like i'm playing it on pc the version i bought on steam apparently a long time ago um 
and it looks really great. I think it looks fantastic for an eight year. My, even my son comes in and goes, Oh, is this a new game? And I was like, no, this came out eight years ago. He goes, why does it look so good? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, um, one it's PC and, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. That is a big reason. But I, I'm pretty sure that the, if you play it on your Xbox one, it probably looks pretty great too. But well, it's anyway. a lot of dark environments and like fogginess and stuff. Right. So they can kind of hide, you know, well, well, that's where I was surprised so. because there are some scenes where you're at this, like, for example, there's a scene where you're at this, I don't want to say exactly where it is. That's actually a little bit of a spoiler, but you're at a lodge type of a place where you can overlook the entire lake, which is really far away. And mm. you can still see the water moving and rippling and reflecting water yeah. from a distance. Nice. Surprising. It was just surprising. That's all. Um, but uh, overall, I liked it. The gameplay gets super repetitive, like the combat. I think Derek's talked about this, where it's all about your light is your weapon, but you mm-hmm. do also have guns to use. Like yeah. you have to use your light to weaken them. And then, then you shoot them uh, to take them out. But so it gets really repetitive. And by the end, you're kind of just like, all right, just get me to the next cutscene because the gameplay is starting to wear, wear on me a little bit, but it's also only like a 10 hour game. Yeah. So un- unless you're trying to explore and there really isn't much reason to, you can collect these thermoses that do literally nothing for you um, outside of gain some achievement. I think if you get them all. So um, I don't think there's any value in doing that. I say, if you're going to play it, just plow right through. It's a pretty relatively short game. It's like watching a season of a show, you know? True. Um, and they actually do play it off that way, right? It's six episodes and it actually closes with credits each time. And then hmm. they start the next one up with previously on Alan Wake. Oh, that's weird. Um, so anyway, so I liked it, but to Derek's point, the way they're tying it in with control is pretty awesome. And I'm also playing through control. I'm not as far as Derek is on my second playthrough here. First of all, it looks amazing. Control looks so good on a PC. It looks How's that ray tracing? It's beautiful, man. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it looks fantastic. So anyway, but I'm enjoying it. I actually feel like if we re-ranked the 2019 games, this one would be higher on my list now mm-hmm. that I'm replaying it. It is a good uh, game. I really enjoy it. Um, yeah. I also highly value the writing and acting compared to Alan Wake. Like Remedy has really come a long way. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in those seven years between those two games. Derek, I don't know if you agree or not, but I think it came along. What way. was the game in between where they had that, like also that show that they were making a Quantum... Quantum, Quantum break? break. Yeah. yeah so they yeah, probably yeah. learned break. a lot with that. Cause like it, they were making a game and also like technically what, like right. a TV show sort of thing yep. coinciding. Well, we, so. you know what's cool is they're all tied together in little ways. Yeah. Um, and I think with, I think I was giving Derek a hard time, but I do think, the next expansion very obviously features Alan Wake in some major ways. And the AWE almost certainly has a double meaning to it. Um, So, so yeah, I'm very excited to see how they tie it in. They talk about the bright falls, uh, AWE all the time, which is the, the events of Alan Wake. Mm. So in control, if you actually read or listen to the stuff that you find, it's a surprising number of references back to the events hmm. from Alan Wake, as well as a couple of Easter eggs for Quantum Break I heard, although I haven't played that game, so I don't know for sure. Interesting. Um, anyway, I'm totally digging it. Like, I like this whole universe, this kind of, like, gaming universe that they've created across multiple franchises. Yeah. I think it's super cool. I'm really well, digging it. it it's kind of easy to do that when you have, like, that sort of twisty, weird, like, X-Files type of world and vibes. Yeah. You can do like yeah. all these like, so, weird things. Let me give you my connected. let me give you my prediction. Uh, this is a little spoilery for Alan Wake. Have you guys both played Alan Wake? I haven't. No, but that's fine. I well, I won't spoil it. Then I'll give. I'll stay. I'll stay vague. Play. But um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I won't spoil it for you, Dan. I'll just stay very vague. But okay. I, my prediction, since I haven't played the DLC yet, is that either Alan Wake is one of these events that lives in the world of Control, mm-hmm. or Control is actually something Alan Wake is creating to get himself out of the predicament he's in at the end of the game. Because he's like writing a book or something, right? Isn't that like sort the of. thing with Alan Wake? Sort of, yeah. He actually learns from another writer who came before him. Okay. Um, that anyway i don't want to give away too much but um i think he might be this control who knows either alan wake is writing the story of control and that's his next book and that's his way of trying to get himself out of the predicament he's in or the whole alan wake experience was just one small event in a whole big world of events and control really is the main so it's one or the other i think all right, Mine sorry, Derek, I took over. Uh, I'm going to let you go back to the stuff you're playing. But that's one of the big things I'm playing. That's really the only thing this week for me was Alan Wake and Control. So. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying your new yeah. fancy toy there, Timothy. Woohoo! So, yeah, I did just the uh, only thing I would add on is um, I'm, I was just actually looking through at a walkthrough of Control, and I've only got, like, four main missions left. So, yeah, I'm definitely probably about three quarters actually through the game. So I think I'll just finish it and then at least give the first DLC a shot. If I don't like it, then I'll back out and just forget control altogether. But if I like it, then, um, then, uh, the plan is to get the AWE. Cause I will say this. I don't remember where I ranked it in my 2019. I believe it was in my top 10. I'm pretty sure, but I believe it was like seven or eight. I remember being lower than everybody else on the show. Um, because I remember liking the game. In fact, when control released, it was like probably one of the first story, like, like a story driven type game that I had played since, you know, the middle of 2018 when my life started going crazy. Because most of what I was playing for that year was just not heavy story-based stuff. It was like Destiny, right. Rocket League, and it was just replaying stuff that I had already played. Like, I know I replayed God of War and stuff like that. So I think, if I remember correctly, Control was like the first game that kind of kicked me back into, hey, I want to play new games, and I want to play story-driven games, and still not pay attention to the story because I hate stories and games because they're stupid. Um and controls is pretty stupid in my opinion too, but um, but I think I would move the game up because I find it to be really fun to play. I don't know why it's chaotic and all the powers. I think they do a great job of unlocking powers oh, as yeah. you play to make all it the really all the powers fresh. really work well Whereas together, like, and also you can float around, which is super awesome. Yeah, so, yeah I agree. Yeah, like the floating the around is alone is they unlock it. They unlock it at a good pace, whereas, like, and I haven't played Alan Wake since it launched. I beat that game at launch, and I never went back. I mean, I went back, I think, once on PC and played for, like, 30 seconds, but I never played, like, the game again. Where it sounds like, from what he's saying, you just do the same thing over and over. And I think Quantum Break had some leveling in it, too, but it felt still kind of samey to me. So mm. I think they did a good job of control of unlocking new stuff as you play the game so you don't feel like you're doing the same thing. Dude, you are and so correct. That's exactly, my, that's exactly my thought as I finished Alan Wake and then started playing Control. It's like, whoa, they really upped their game. 
not only on the combat, yeah. which is really varied, but also you feel a sense of progression. Here's the problem with Alan Wake. You get the you upgrade your flashlight just from new flashlights you find, and you get new guns, and you get a ton of ammo and some throwables, and you feel like you're ready to take on this whole army of these evil shadow monsters. And then a chapter ends or a major event happens, and then it's you have nothing. And he explains it with, I dropped my gun on the in the crash or whatever. And it's like, well, so now I have nothing. You, you have to start over. And they do that to you probably seven or eight times throughout the game. And that was pretty frustrating because um, I thought they had a chance to really up the ante and make each battle much tougher and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's one of the things I'm loving about Control is there is a real sense of RPG progression, which is fun. It's really fun. It is. Also, yep. the word they, the actual really environment, very Metroidvania. Yeah. Uh, Alan Wake has none of that, right? And Control totally does. Whereas Alan Wake is incredibly linear. Um, but uh, also, by the way, to Derek's point about the story, completely wacky. Yeah. And by the end, you're still not totally sure, like, what exactly was this? Was this his story, someone else's story? Did it happen in real life? And he used the power of his writing to, uh, you know, like, it's not super crystal clear, which to me is kind of cool also that it's a little bit nebulous. Mm-hmm. Um, but control is the same way where it's like, is this real? Is this all in her head? Is like yeah. what's actually happening? And so as a fan of X-Files and Fringe, I'm cool with that. I'm totally fine with not totally knowing for sure. Um, but I can totally see why others would be like, dude, this is wacky and I can't follow it because it well, is. It here's is wacky. my thing. I will say this. While I'm a person that likes like question marks, especially even at end of games, like if if, if there is going to be a sequel, I love like the openness, like, hey – Come up with your own, not your own ending, but your own interpretation of the ending. Like, I have always liked games like that. Um, But, like, I don't really particularly like it when I'm completely confused and then I get to the point where, like, you're just talking in absolute riddles that make no sense. This is now garbage. I'm completely lost. Like, I'm watching, I'm in the second season of Westworld. And I remember really liking the first season. Then I started the second season and was like, I'm not in the mood for this. This is too much talking. There's no action. And I don't. It, here's the thing with Westworld if, if you guys haven't watched it before, you have to pay attention. Because yeah. the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's kind of like control where it's. There's so much going on that you can get lost on what is real. Because the whole premise of the show is that they've created this park with robots, and then the humans, rich humans, can come there and they can live out their fantasies with these robots. They can kill them, they can have sex with them, they can do whatever they want, rape them, whatever. Um, and so those are the those are the three shows, options. <laughs> That's it. Those are those are the only three I'm doing. And you can't be nice to them. Order. You can't. Oh my gosh! I'm going to kill right. them, have sex with them, and then rape. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> just saying, rape a lot, a lot. That's fine. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All keep right. So, going. anyways, keep the going. point I was trying to make is that the the show gets very confusing. Like I'm in the second season, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I can only watch this when I'm fully engaged because yeah, I now yeah. in don't your know defense though, fully alive. Yep. In your defense, the second season I heard was not great, and that's where it kind of started to go down. Like, even just right after the first season, everyone, a lot of people were like, the second season yeah. not on par with that first one. So, yep. 
Agreed. I think I've Lost had it. that same issue. <laughs> I've enjoyed it until I'm now. There's ten episodes in season two. Once I got to episode five, that's when it kind of went ridiculous to me where I was like starting to zone out. Whereas the first four episodes, I was like, I like this. I like the tone. I like where yeah. it's going. This is cool. And then now I'm a lot of good actors. Going, okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, they're throwing out twists at me and I'm, I'm starting to try to pay attention and figure this stuff out. But it is, my point is, is it's very confusing because you don't know who's alive. You don't know who's duplicates of who, who's a robot, who's human. You know, how many robots? Oh, it's like the Cylons in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I got you. Cylons and all that good stuff. I'm with you. And then I won't talk about Ghost of Tsushima. We'll move on. I'm just still in Act 3, and I'll figure out what I'm doing with that. So I'm curious if you do the side quests. I'm curious if you do the side quests, if, like like I said, the dialogue will change with with your companion. So if you do end up doing that. Yeah, it probably will. But I would imagine it would be more like they just won't tell you that you have to do anything. It might just be like, hey, remember when we killed that girl? <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, they might be like, oh, thank you for helping me with such and such. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but that's not enough motivation for me to do it, especially with, like I said, Marvel's Avengers coming out, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, and then oh, yeah. there's a couple other games coming out in 9-4. Oh, NBA 2K21. There's a ton of stuff in September. Oh, by the way, I don't know if Tim wants to talk about this. I was a little bummed out. I was excited to check out that game Windbound, I believe the name is. Dude, and so was I. It looked oh. bad. And then once I saw like reviews come in and it was ah. basically in a way yep. bombing, That's I... Decided not to buy it because I was like, I got. Yeah, Derek, no, I'm games. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I was excited for it. it has this Wind Waker vibe to it, right? With the the sailing and the yeah. water, it kind of has that look to it. I I heard that it's it's a survival game where you have to like build stuff, you have to eat to stay alive, and you have to craft things. But the exploration looks cool. But overwhelmingly negative to mediocre reviews have kept me away from it. And this is one of those things where we talked about reviews recently and. I don't think it's the Metacritic average that scared me away. It's when you actually read the reviews and what, how they're describing it. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like the kind of game that well, I'll try when it's free on Game Pass or something. But otherwise, no thanks. Or free on Epic Game Store because they love to give us good games. Right? Yes. Pretty, pretty fast. Um, yes. But what I was going to say is uh, for me – when I actually started watching previews, not even reviews, and they were like, this is a survival game. I was like, okay, I'm bummed. But then I kept listening because I was like, wow, the art looks cool, and there is combat in this game that actually looks cool. Because most survival games, the reason I don't like them is not only is it managing BS, like real-life BS that I don't care about, but it's also most of the time tacked onto a game that does not play well at all. Um, this actually looked like it had a cool world and had good gameplay. So I'm a little bummed out that, again, I think it's a, a sur- survival game I will eventually try at some point. But that survival part was definitely what pushed me over the edge with the combination yeah. of not scoring good at all. Yeah. All right. Yep, so this past week, as I said at the top of the show, was Gamescom. Um I watched the live presentation. I don't remember what time it was or even the day. It may have been Thursday or Friday. 
but I watched it. I think I streamed it through IGN. So I watched uh, Jeff, what is it, Keeley? Jeff Keeley? Keeley, yeah. Yeah, so he hosted the show. So it kind of felt, it kind of had like that video games award vibe to it. Um, lots of announcements overall for me, and we'll go through some of the announcements. I thought it was a good show. Nothing amazing except the thing we're going to talk uh, talk about off the top, and that is, again, they didn't show much of it, but in fact, they didn't show any of it, but they just the fact that they talked about it existing, and that is Dragon Age 4. So <laughs> All right. they did a Let's base premiere. your butt, Tim. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm yeah, interested to see what they do with that series. It's been a while, right? How long ago was Inquisition? Well, Six years? Inquisition, yes, yeah, so 2014. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And since so, then, what have they worked on since then? Was it the Mass Effect Andromeda was the last game they major game they put out? Well, well I guess it depends how many totally games they have. For... Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really think know. this team has worked on anything else except creating Dragon Age 4. They may have helped out with Anthem because I think they even talked about Anthem in the video. Um, well, that was more promoting Bioware and how Bioware is about characters and story. And I'm like, well, then don't talk about Anthem. Um, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> Dragon Age 4 is being made. It sounds like it's pretty early on, though. So that's what makes me think, okay, then they had to have been working. That team in particular had to have been working on other, on other games. Yeah. yeah um, well, they announced no Dragon way. Age 4. They actually announced Dragon Age 4 two years ago at the Game Awards. So that we've already yeah. known that this existed, but it was like a, a like a not even a full minute like teaser CG thing. They were just like, so hey, that was my question was then for you guys is, is as fans of the the franchise, mm-hmm. does it concern you at all that it's? That's what I was going to ask. It's been two almost two years since they first officially confirmed we're working on yeah. DA four, and two, almost two years later, all they have to show are some concept art. And it's I know. A description. Like, is that concerning well, for you at all, or do you think they're holding their cards close to the vest to really reveal it close to I launch? Think or what do you think? Holding. I think well, they're so, just holding. I think they wanted wanted to use like characters from Dragon Age and the story elements of it to kind of hype people, like to let them know. I think this was, in a way, this was less about Dragon Age Four and more about Bioware as a uh, game creator. Meaning, like, oh, okay. Anthem really did impact them negatively. So I feel like, and then I don't think they really have anything to announce about Mass Effect. So I think this was more like, hey, by the way, Dragon Age still exists. Um, and let's talk about what is important to, to Bioware when we create games. And Dragon Age, out of all their franchises, I would say Dragon Age and Mass Effect embody what what bioware used to be so like knights of the old republic all that stuff those type of games that bioware used to make the only games to me that they make now that kind of hold on to that is the dragon age franchise and mass effect and so and dragon age is the most like knights of the old republic and all that stuff so i feel like this was more of a video of like yeah, Dragon Age is coming. I do think they are holding everything close. They did focus on Solus and stuff like that. So the reason I mention that is I feel like they wanted you, as the viewer, if you're excited about this game, is to get excited about that Bioware is getting back to their roots of it being character-driven, 
um, that stories and adventures are important, that the RPG mechanics of this game will be very important. And honestly, that's what Inquisition was. Like, Inquisitions was a return for Dragon Age, because for some, and we won't have to get into it, because I think both Daniel and I both like Dragon Age 2. It's our least yeah. favorite of the Dragon Age games, but it's still a quality game. Like, it still told a good story. It just eliminated some of the stuff that the original and then Inquisitions ended up fixing. Well, um, a lot of the gripes were the environments, right? But, like, and I remember, yeah. like, the insides of buildings were, like, all, they were all the same. The buildings, like, uh, dungeons, a lot of them looked completely identical. It was, like, I get, like, developers sometimes, they're trying to, like, save combat, some time. Yeah. Yeah, it was but, the reusing of assets. Assets. You know, when I see that kind of stuff, and I saw it in Alan Wake, of course, too, because that game is eight years old now, but when I see that kind of stuff, I almost think of it like with projects that I've worked on where you're building a website or something. A lot of times you put something that you know would work if you had to launch with it. It's a placeholder because mm-hmm. it's already something that's there. And I so sometimes I wonder if they put placeholders in with the hope of getting back to it before launch, and then oftentimes they can't. It was like the whole it. game, Tim. Oh really? It was, was like really the whole okay. game. Like you would be on the complete opposite side of like the city that that the game takes place in, and like yeah. you would go inside a building during some side quest, and it was like, oh, this pretty much looks same exactly building. like the other building that was all the way on the other side. Oh, uh, gotcha. So, I gotcha. That yeah. makes sense. But that makes sense. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, a bad I game, guess you know. I guess when I look at this again from the outside looking in, I I wonder how far along they actually are on this. So game. last year. I rem- and obviously it wasn't like official like Bioware didn't say like yes this is this is correct but I, I do remember reading some things that the game's been in, in a bit of a development hell um, I think it's around it's been in development for like a good five maybe more years um, but maybe not the primary it. project for anybody you know yeah. what I mean maybe it hasn't been the, the main thing um, you know, and I, I also know. the other thing no, that was they're... actually concerning well, there was one more thing that I just wanted to throw out that was concerning when I had read it was that they were trying to make it more like a games for what is it a uh, games for service or am I saying that right? Uh-oh. Yeah, um, yeah. Which yeah. that was a red flag, and I think maybe they're going, mm-hmm. they're kind of doubling, they're stepping back from that because it's during like Derek was trying to say with this video, it did kind of seem like they're trying to be like, hey, like we're trying to make this more like those Dragon Age games that we have made already, and it's going to be more like that and not like a Destiny or something. So, oh, gotcha. Yeah, but I had heard that's what they were in the middle of, like, and maybe that's why it's taking so long because maybe they like the suits were like, "Hey, make this more like Destiny," and then they tried making it more like Destiny. And it's like this isn't working, so then they veered back. But I think they're trying to make this like Fallout seventy six, but Dragon Age. Oh right? so god, buckle up, everybody! <laughs> Dear God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. All right, so yeah. I just did a quick like search. And I'm not saying this is official, but this was just an article I was reading that basically they think Dragon Age 4 started development in 2015 and then to create uh, Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem, some of the teams, some parts of the teams of Dragon Age 4 were pulled away to help out. Um, Got it. Because I will say this, some of the guys that talk in the video for promoting this uh, at Gamescom, they are strictly Dragon Age guys. That doesn't mean they don't help okay. out, but they're the main dudes. So when they were on, I was like, ah, this is this is legit. Like these are these are the guys that create the story for Dragon Age and everything every time. So uh, one of them's like a he's kind of got red hair and you know, 
know, red facial hair. And so I, I recognized him right away. But well, so, don't yeah. get too attached, like man, because in this day and age, those guys are going to get those guys are going to get fired for sexual harassment. Yeah, any hopefully. Day now, so. yeah hopefully he's kept his wiener in his pants. So. Keep it in <laughs> so, your pants, buddy. I will say it sounds like it's been in uh, development for a while. I also know that when they started um, really pushing Inquisition was right before the launch of the, the major consoles. And then it yeah, came yeah. out a year later. So part of me is going, if they're doing using the same formula, then they're going to start talking about this game now, and then they're going to start leaking stuff. Not leaking, but like showing stuff releasing every month or two months, releasing like content for us to view to hype us for a fall 2021 release, which is what I would hope for. Hmm. Well, uh, obviously, games are different now. Um even though games were yeah. still big on PS4 and Xbox One, and Dragon Age Inquisitions was a pretty big game. Like, it was not open world, it was open area, but the areas big were areas. Yeah. big, big in some of the areas, and some were smaller, but a lot of detail. See, yeah. It was overall, for anyone, I would say, for, a big game. For anyone that's listening and hasn't heard previous episodes, we tried explaining to Tim that this is pretty much the epitome. This is this is the the high class, high bar of uh, making environments in video games. Something Star Wars: Fallen Order did not achieve. So, yeah, if they had achieved that level of quality, around, <laughs> if they had achieved that level of quality, yeah, because they did in all the Star Wars movies. They just jump around and zip around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. They don't. Just there isn't walk towns that they go to, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although to be fair, that game right, I think so was kind of last minute, so you know. So just to end, talk about Dragon Age so we can move on because we got a. I'll say a lot to cover, but a lot of it's not interesting to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> is that That's I? Honest. Out of all all the things they talked about, Dragon Age for for sure was the thing I was most excited for. I'm looking forward to it. I hope they they uh, really do create. I think they should try to create like an open world version of a Dragon Age game. But I understand they do try to go from place to place, so we'll see. Can I just um, say yeah. one more thing though, the just only... super quick? Yeah, you can. Um, about it. It's uh, it, we're in the year twenty twenty, right? Um, so can we stop doing? trailers or reveals or whatever just people standing in some field being like we're so excited to make this game and then just show us pictures of like the game concept art which is not what the game's even going to look like so like it looks cool but i don't care right now i want to see the game you can put that in the menus when i buy the game if i want to look at art that's fine but can we like stop doing that please just show me the game or don't show anything at all like just enough Stop well, it. No, so I think that's one I of two agree, things. One is trying to grow the hype, you know, because you got such hardcore fans like you guys. Also, it could be that they're just not very far along. And so that's they fine. wanted to say something about it. You I know? don't need them to say anything, Tim. They can keep their mouth shut, keep just plugging away. Like, that was the problem. I, yeah, I will Prime say this. <laughs> if they aren't really far along, I would agree with Daniel. Shut up. I don't need to hear it. Like, I don't even want to know it exists. Like, you can say, hey, Dragon Age exists. That's it. Like, it doesn't need to be on a show. But if they are further along, like I think they are, like, I do think this is going to be a 2021, like, late game. And maybe at worst, it's delayed to early 2022. Um, Yeah. 
I I'm fine with this. This is where I would agree disagree with Daniel because I'm fine with this on this game because I really do believe and I could be looking into it. This was more about repairing the image of Bioware. Like, hey, yeah, we still can make good games, guys. Please believe in us. <laughs> so yeah, and get excited because it this is one of their biggest franchises. Mass oh, Effect yeah. to me is their biggest. But Dragon Age would be second, and since they're not going to talk about Mass Effect, and they already damaged the name of Mass Effect, they have not damaged Dragon Age's name recently. Their last well, album hey Derek, was good. Where would you put Where would you put Anthem in that ranking? <laughs> A ranking of what? Of, of their games they've made. Here, Tim, uh, I'll rank. I'll rank it for you. It goes Dragon Age above I, anything else, anyways, because Mass uh-huh. Effect is not as great as everyone thinks it is. Dragon Age is better. Ooh. I'm just gonna say that. So, and then Anthem is somewhere down below, all the way below anything else they've ever. No, done. then it goes Anthem and then Mass Effect. No, I'm just. Kidding. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I, I, well, uh, for my personal opinion, like I just booted up Anthem probably about two weeks ago and played it on PC, and I, I gotta say, I do not like that game like i like it less and you know me i like i don't just hate on things just to hate on it in fact i push away from hating on things that people like just blindly hate on it just doesn't feel good like the guns are so cheap and trash like now you got me started but as far as like (laughs) overall overall i would say anthem's probably one of their worst like yeah for sure like they tried something new i appreciate it they were trying to bring what they do best into a Destiny type world, and to me, they failed. I thought they told a decent story, but it, it still overall failed for the yeah, type of game agreed. I was trying to be. That's right. Sorry right, for getting so, us off track there. You can you know, continue. <laughs> I don't know. Did they talk about Resident Evil at Gamescom, or is this just in the headlines that you're doing? This is just general headlines. Some of them are probably from Gamescom, but I didn't do like a Gamescom. I'm like yet. acting like I'm going through Gamescom, and I'm like, why is, why is uh, uh, Resident Evil? Do you want me to? Uh, I'll do you want me to go it. through this news, Derek? Do you want me to go through? Because you seem very like you're like, why is this even here? I'm full of fury and anger. <laughs> like, I thought you guys would like this next piece. No, I, I'm excited as long as the script is good. Like, I don't, I don't want this to be like the Resident Evil movies. Please, dear God, do not make this. As cheesy as those movies. Oh, we didn't even um, say what it was. There's a uh, Resident Evil TV yeah. series. Yeah. So this is uh, they've already released like what the show's about, and it's mm-hmm. about Albert Wesker's kids. Now, okay. Albert Wesker could have. He was a good looking dude, by the way. He could have like seventy <laughs> kids, and sure. more than likely, they're they're mutants or something's wrong with them. Zombie mutants. Yeah. So they got some sort of T virus. But I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Um, it, well, Tim put Tim a Breaking put a Bad director that. attached. So yeah, yeah there's so I'm, there's I'm talk of a director. That. There's talk of a director who directed several Breaking Bad episodes. I'm not sure how many or how key of a director he was, but that's on his resume, which is always going to look mm. good. So, um, so yeah, up. they've got that director attached, which is cool. But, but I mean, the script yeah, is I mean, the most important thing, too. Well, not the most. It's also very important, not most important. Well, let's be honest, though. Like, Netflix has some good shows, but they put out so much content. They've had some stinkers, too. So yeah. there's no guarantee it's going to be amazing. But who knows? It could be. It could be good. Yeah. 
Alright. Indeed. So we're not going through GamesCon. I lied. So whatever. Who cares? Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, but we will we're going through some news. Including yeah, as we go through the news. All right, and then the other thing, and I updated this one just because I was looking it up, and it actually says it's the third most backed Kickstarter for okay. a video game, and that's uh, nice. this. I don't even know how to say it. Ayuden Chronicles. Ayuden Chronicles. Ayuden. Yeah. Yeah. So it's now the third most backed uh, Kickstarter campaign ever for video games. I think um, is what I read. It falls behind a, a couple of amazing ones like Shinmu 3 what an outstanding game and <laughs> a Castlevania <laughs> game that I don't um, but anyway so this is actually a game I'm excited to check out will I, will I buy it? Probably um, I'm not a big huge fan of Sequiden because I never played them I, always, I remember and I think I probably shared this with Tim on our earlier podcast when we would talk about this but um, I remember always going into like GameStop and seeing the the covers of those games and being like, I really want those. And I liked the way they looked, and I just never bought them. Um, or yeah. I did, and I never played them. Um, but I do think this would be uh, a pretty cool game. I'm, I'm pretty excited yeah. that they well, were able to. It has to a lot of people from the original funded, series but... attached. So. It, it does, yep. yeah. Hey, Derek, let me ask you this, too. Did you um... – you haven't played the originals, but how far did you get into Octopath Traveler? Was that one you got far into? I can't remember. Uh, no, I actually played the demo and mm-hmm. thought it was cool. Bought it and probably I don't even remember, but I don't think I played more than Not two much. or three hours. Okay, okay, no. but we—I think I remember I us agreeing like how it, cool though, we thought it looked. I always, right? Yes, but I actually liked it. Like, I thought it was a fun game. If if we went back to our podcast, I, I probably praised how fun it was, and it was fun. Yeah. But it's yeah. not my style of game. And that would be my concern with this, is that this is probably not going to change much from the style of game that they make in the gameplay. So, right. that being said, it would be something I would probably support, but not actually play. Which well, I'm pretty sure would be that. Good. I buy a lot of things. Yeah, but I doubt it's going to be – like, it's not going to probably be an action RPG. It's probably going to be well, – no, it's, it, it's just like Soikoden 2. So Soikoden 2 took a, I thought, a pretty cool and creative approach to the turn-based. It's still very turn-based, but you now have six players, six characters that control on the screen at a time. The only exception there is if you have some of the larger animal-type characters, they can take up two spots. Um, and then they're in two rows, and so you have your characters that are ranged or casting magic in the back row. You have your stronger uh, kind of tanks and, and physical melee guys in the front, and you can do all kinds of combos together. There's magic. There's also you know uh, two- and three-part. I think there's even some that might be four, but where certain characters can team up together uh, for a major attack. There's also just auto battle where you hit go, and it'll do the same thing as if you were to just hit you know, the XXXXX to yeah. fight your way through real quick. So the auto battle is always fun, especially if it's going to be, you know, easy enemies. Um, and it looks very similar to what I remember Suikoden 2 looking like. If you go back and, and grab that one on PS Classic, uh, the combat and the animation and, and some of the visuals, I think, still hold up really well. It's all about that art style. Cool. And so they hold up 
put really well. Yeah, they so probably I for sure are trying to. I mean, because I, I I think most fans that love these uh, Sweet Coden series say that that is the best one, right? So dude, it is. I would like, imagine man, if, you've got to dude, you got to play these games, man. Yeah. They hold up, and you would. Well, I played the third one. one. I played the third one. Um, yeah. And I think I had the second one uh download like i had on my uh psp or vita i forget oh, vita, I, had yeah, on yeah. It, I just never got around to trying it so yeah um, yeah dude I, I still think it holds up great i think yeah. you'd really enjoy it oh yeah uh, like I yeah, sure. even today yeah it's, like, it's really great actually you know what there was also a ds one i don't know if you ever played that one tim i actually really liked that one but i never finished it um, i haven't finished it either i do actually still have it i just yeah. found it the other day as i was kind of organizing some stuff i just I like the collecting that. of this of like getting like people on your sort of uh yeah. in your army and the um yep. and the keep like the castle that yep. you're building like the fort or whatever the whole idea, yeah the whole idea was that every game in the series you are a hero of destiny yeah and your your whole idea is to save the world by gathering the 108 stars of destiny yeah. so with you and the 107 others who are going to save the world so this is very much in that same vein i mean it's actually called Ayuden chronicles 100 heroes yeah the it actually is very much the same. It reminded me a lot because I actually played this first um, Chrono um, Chrono Cross, so the sequel yeah. to Chrono Trigger, and they yeah. had a similar concept where you found people in the game, like there were characters that you found in the game, and you had to recruit them. Um, yep. But there were specific ways to recruit them, and if you didn't do the specific things, you never even got those characters. Um, yeah, and this one even more so, right? Because you can yeah. finish the Suikoden games with you know down in the. 30s and 40s total characters i think if yeah. i remember correctly but yeah, yeah of course i didn't do that i printed out the oh, yeah. 200 pages <laughs> of the guide from gamefacts.com oh, and, went and found everybody yeah. man so absolutely anyway we can we can talk more about this as it gets closer this they they did say they're expecting it to be 2022 but who knows i mean with that much money behind them uh, i don't think they were expecting that kind of support i think yeah my, my hope is that they can really kick it into high gear maybe hire some additional did developers you back to, this tim uh, I did, yeah. You're I was considering doing it, but I had already backed something else previously, so I was just like, ah, oh, you know what? I, this is obviously going to get made. I'm I'm going to buy the crap out of it when it comes out. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm very excited for this one. So sorry, I know we kind of went off track there. Let's t- let's talk about. Do you guys want to talk about the next Call of Duty game, or just skip that one to the next thing? Um, I mean, I would you know, just another say, Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War officially revealed November, or revealed to come November 13th. It is a direct sequel to the first Black Ops game oh, that is set in the 80s. So I do remember liking Black Ops. Don't remember the story at all. Um, so sure, I'll buy it. Um, I heard, so I, I didn't watch. So if I'm wrong, if anybody listens to our show, feel free to call me out. But it sounded like I, I watched like a little snippet where like the director was talking about it or producer, whatever his name was, uh, whatever his role was. But he was basically saying, who hey, our goal here is, you know, to make this game more open. And I was like, huh, I'm intrigued. So if that is true, that they are trying to make this Call of Duty. And he was talking about the story. I don't think he was talking about multiplayer. He was talking okay. about like the gameplay being less like what we were used to in Call of Duty games, making it more open up to player choice. So I need to look into that. If that's true, then I am 100% on board because I've talked about this every year Call of Duty come, has come out that I feel like they should make them more open, let the player decide yeah. how it goes about playing out instead of just scripting everything and saying, shoot these 27 guys and then move to the next territory. Like I'd like that yeah. to be able well, to plan out I'm going to take on this scenario. I'm wondering if they're taking their um, 
what is it there the battle royale was it uh warzone mode Warzone. because that's yeah. just a huge yeah. massive map so i'm almost wondering if they're taking sort of the lessons from that and then making these big environments and then kind of trying to mold the story into it and and kind of letting you go in, in the direction that you want or i don't know yeah. that could be cool yeah. for sure yeah by the way warzone's a quality free-to-play game like it is that yeah, i was actually I played a few rounds with my that. son and we did enjoy it it's not bad yeah well, I was just trying to. I was. I was thinking about how far free to play has come. Like most of the time, oh, yeah. free to play plays absolutely trash and looks absolutely. You think trash. mobile like, games? I don't even think. No, free to play too. Most free to play games. No, no. Play... I'm saying originally you would think mobile games back in the day, like you or not back in yeah. the day because they still are free to play. But I'm saying like you download it and you're like, oh, yeah. this is interesting, and then they try to kind of reel you in by buying coins and things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, console not so much. So the same structure here, but we're getting more AAA style experiences. Like obviously, it's limited on what they're offering with the free to play, but we are getting more uh, AAA type experiences. So the gameplay plays phenomenal. It looks good. Um, it's a quality like free to play title um, that's out there. Whereas I, I know it's very popular, but Fortnite to me is kind of trash. Like it looks okay yep. and it plays pretty trashy i don't understand why it's so popular but kids like it and now it's expanded to basically everybody i think it's just easy to get into you know it is well you know what there's a lot to well, it's easy to... I, exactly. no there is but i'm saying it's easy to get lit, uh, into and and i think for uh younger kids and teens um they just like the look of it mm-hmm. it just has yeah, a very distinct like specific team. look yeah yeah so all right, yeah, so I made my boys they, upset by suggesting that the art style of Fortnite was annoying, and I couldn't. That they were like, "Why don't you like it?" And I was like, "Well, I don't mind multiplayer shooting games, third or first person. I just the building isn't really my thing. I'm not yeah. a big fan of you know needing to build real Hate fast, and people are good at that, and I'm just not a fan of that. But also the art style, I just I find it to be unappealing. It's not fun to look at. They all got real offended because they loved it. The <laughs> they got triggered. <laughs> they did. Awesome. I like it. All right, so the next thing we're going to talk about is a game called Unknown 9. So it's a brand new game that's coming out on, I believe it's an exclusive for the PS5. Um, it's a new action-adventure game from Reflector. Uh, it's a narrative-driven game with that features a protagonist able to manipulate the world around her. Wow, that sounds so... Um, oh, that's very wordy there, Derek. Did you make the, get that all by yourself? <laughs> This is all just spontaneously coming to me about this game. Seeing them as specters of sort that cannot hurt her, it looks like it will contain plenty of secrets as she removes a brick from the wall to look inside. That's exactly what I was thinking as I was watching this trailer. I was like, wow, look at her remove that brick. There must be tons of secrets. Derek, that's very astute of you. It's very hey, You know what? When with that description, which I got from GameSpot, uh, that description, it reminds me, for some reason, I'm picturing Wolfenstein with all the brick walls. And uh, I'm like, ooh, there's a secret inside. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, he removes yeah. a brick from a wall to look inside. Um, actually, this game <laughs> looked decent, but they don't really show you much. Cool. It's just more of a trailer, like CGI-type trailer. Yeah. You don't really Good know much though. about the game. It's very mysterious. Yeah. But good it's faces. a new game. Good, uh, uh, I, I did 
did read an article basically saying that this studio, this is their first major release. So we it's, we have no idea what it's going to be. But I do appreciate seeing something new that's not a sequel. And I like seeing new developers. So definitely we'll keep, a, keep an eye on it, see if it's going to be anything special. But no, it didn't like yeah. blow me away or anything like that. It wasn't Dragon Age um no and then nothing is in other news oh yeah that that concept art really knocked my socks off <laughs> it's beautiful Doom art, Eternal, <laughs> the ancient gods part one the first story dlc on the way this was at gamescom i did not care as soon as they started talking about doom internal i have a very negative vibe and feeling about that game like i played like two or three hours and i have no desire to go back to it I have no idea. Mm. I still think I'm angry at all the jumping and platforming bullcrap because the the area I'm stuck in. So angry. I know I have to go. I have to go look at a walkthrough because I booted the game up twice and started it, and then I'm just standing at this one ledge and I'm looking around. I'm like, I can't make that jump. Can't make that jump. Can't make that jump. <laughs> I don't know where you guys want me to go. So, and I've stood there so basically, for 30 minutes multiple times. So, so basically, Tim, no what we have here is, is Derek doesn't like games that don't hold his hand. He needs his hand held. Mm, got it. I need, got a, it. I need help. Dude, I'm playing Dude <laughs> you know what, Eternal. Bro, like, like, I shouldn't have to think too much. It should be about killing, and this is stupid. So I actually, like, I, I this is going to hurt some feelings of folks who love Doom Eternal. I think you've got an excellent point here. Like the platforming didn't bother me, but we've talked about this before, how I actually enjoy platforming and puzzle solving and all that. I don't mind yeah, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Derek's like, I guess it's okay, but don't overdo it. The problem with Doom Eternal using it so much, and it's a valid point you're making, is it just feels out of place in this game. It doesn't feel like it really belongs. And that's the main issue I have with Doom Eternal as well, was you would have these really awesome stretches of just huge rooms full with ton of dangerous enemies where you have to speed around as fast as you can and just demolish them awesome fantastic feeling they still have that and i love it but it also had a lot of areas that really double they really double down on platforming and swinging around and having to time your jumps and it's like well yeah that can be fun but anyone who doesn't enjoy that all of a sudden their enjoyment of doom eternal is going to plummet and i absolutely get that i really do yeah and speaking while you're talking about doom eternal I'm actually now on a walkthrough looking at what, what part I'm stuck in. So that means, <laughs> guess what? Next week I'll be like, I'll jump back in the Doom Eternal. It's great. But anyway, I so found the platform I need to jump on. <laughs> Game of the year. Yeah, I would not be surprised. It's just like I, I was basically making fun of myself. The fact that I can make a post saying, I don't care about video games, not in the mood for them, and then go and beat Mortal Shell that night, like sure. right sure. away. So I. I'm obviously True. unstable. Um, okay, so <laughs> you next thing, I'm actually excited about this. Right, Me right. too. Is, this is coming out September, and that's Mafia Definitive Edition. Looks like a brand new 2020 game. Amazing! Yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, that's all His own words. Um, hey, uh, just, just yeah, a quick hot words. tip for you there, Derek. You don't have to read these word for word. <laughs> Well, he didn't do any research prior, so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, um, Mafia Definitive Edition, yes, they did show off more of this game. 
I did not watch it. The only reason why I didn't watch it is because I'm already sold on this game. I literally already bought it on the Xbox One X. And because I don't have an Xbox One X, probably going to buy it on PC. So they they got my money twice. Um, the, the game looks like a brand new experience, so I'm very excited about this, uh, this game. It is coming out, I think, September 25th. They did delay it. It was supposed to be out in August. So yeah. um, they did delay it by a month, but I'm okay with it because, like I said, this looks like it's going to be a brand new experience. I played the first one, but I did not beat it. I didn't get far into it as far as I remember. Actually, I don't remember anything about it. Um, I do know that Mafia 2 did tie the first Mafia into it nicely, so I'm excited about kind of seeing this guy's story that was not really a part of Mafia 2, but was still placed in the game. Um, it's right. Because they tie each one of their games and their universe together as well. So I'd like to see yep. his story, see what happened to him and all that. So I'm yeah. pretty excited. Any thoughts on that game Thank for you. you guys? Did you all watch the I new... Mean, for, for me, I think it looks it. so good. Like, it looks like they almost just decided to reboot that series and put out a new Mafia game. So it looks really, really good. And I'm very excited for it. I did play this one back in the day on PC. I thought it looked good back then. Of course, now it doesn't. <laughs> but um, yeah. I thought the f- gameplay was actually a lot more fun than Mafia 2. So I hope they stick to some of their cover-based stuff uh, that, that I thought was a little better than the sequel. So we'll see if we'll see if they uh, if they do that. But man, does it look really good. This is actually, you guys talked about games in September. I'm not finding myself that interested in most games this month, um, most of the ones that are re- releasing. So this is probably the only game I'm excited for this month, but I'm okay with that because I've got tons in the backlog to work through. Indeed. Well, yeah, especially with your uh, your PC. And how are you liking PC gaming now? Do you feel like an arrogant prick yet, or are you still working on that? <laughs> Good question. Uh, I don't feel arrogant about that? it yet. I don't feel arrogant yet. I'm I don't feel like I've fully embraced. Yeah, I don't feel like I fully embraced that persona, but I'm I'm working on it. But I will say this: it is my go-to place to play. Like I want to play everything on this thing. I've I love the setup. I've got my controller hooked up to it. I I just I love the new the monitor that I got with it. It's just my favorite. So I just really love it. So I haven't used other than Ghost of Tsushima, which I finished. Now that I finished that game. There's really not a reason for me to fire up any consoles at the moment. I'm already thinking about like, well, I guess I could sell them or give them to the kids for Christmas or something. <laughs> you go, guys. <laughs> I mean, other than my Switch, uh, I still so love my not, Switch. That, that one's nice to have. This, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at uh, September real quick because I knew there was a game that I was excited about that I forgot about. So I mentioned Tony Hawk, Marvel's Avengers, yeah. obviously, NBA 2K21. Yeah. I'm not excited about that. I know yeah. Eli was, although he just told me to cancel the pre-order. He's pissed about something. Um, so that's that's Derek Jr. By the way, right there. Um, <laughs> oh, but the game I'm actually really excited about, besides Mafia that we just talked about, is uh, Kingdoms of Amalur: Re-Reckoning. Mm, so that's coming out September eighth. Yeah, mm. I say things differently. You should know that by now. Obviously, um, it's that's it's that that already in September eighth. Yeah. It is. It's that Southern Texas Floridian accent. Um, so yeah, that's I never played out. that one. Um, a lot of PC games, like if you own it, they upgrade it for free because a lot of times when they say they're remastering something, they 
don't really do much for the PC version. It's more for consoles. This one mm. is... I'm not seeing free anywhere. So, it looks like this is going to be a $40 game for me on PC. I'm curious if it's going to be worth it. So, I am going to wait like to see... Not really reviews, because I already know it's a good game. I would probably wait more yeah. for like previews, like PC previews. But I am legitimately excited for this game. I actually booted it up on PC probably two months ago when they announced this was coming out. And I was disappointed by how horrible... It's not aged well. Like, it still plays yeah. good, it's smooth, but it the actual game has not aged well. So I'm curious if that's what these changes are going to be. Like, I'm okay if they're going to sell me on... It's going to look the same if you're buying on PC, of course. On consoles, it's going to be upgraded. And this, like, visually, it's going to be the same. But this is what they they could really sell me on. Here's all the changes we've made to make the game more modern and more fun to play. Um, so if they're going to do some... What is it called? Like, life... Like, I don't know. You guys will know what I'm talking about. But quality like, of life make improvements? The game, yes, quality of life. I was trying to remember the same. Quality of life improvements... If they're making a lot of quality of life improvements, that will sell me on buying this game again mm. on PC. Yeah, uh, yeah. So anyways, yeah, that one hasn't caught my eye. I remember when, when they announced when they announced it, it looked cool, and I had never played this one, so it's like, yeah, maybe. But again, nothing I'm pumped about. You have you've never played this game? No, I haven't. Is that what you're saying? Or have you? Uh, I'm going to tell you to buy it. I really think you should buy it day one and play it. I think you're going to be impressed with how good the game is. Like, we're talking, this is my opinion, gameplay-wise, this game was ahead of its time, like, for the style of game it was, and I don't think a lot of players really... It's it's a cult classic, meaning there's a huge group of gamers that absolutely love and praise this game over and over, even though reviewers and mainstream was more like, it's a 7, it's a 7.5, it's decent... But uh, there's a huge group of gamers that absolutely love this game. That's why I think they're re-releasing this is because, yes, they're trying to make money off of it to maybe uh, make make up for buying this this uh, franchise. But I also think it's, it's maybe like a little tester or feeler out there. That's why I don't think it's going to be free on PC. A feeler out there to kind of just go... If this sells good enough, can we make a sequel or can we do something more with this with this franchise um, in the yeah. AAA uh, world? So hopefully it yeah. succeeds. I do want to support it. I do think Tim, not just to, to to force you to support it so I can get another one, but I think you'll actually <laughs> like this game. Um, no, I'm and you got me the, curious about it, so I'll give it a, I'll give it a look. But so yeah, at other least than that one video. And then, Right. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Other than that and Mafia, there's not much in September for me. Honestly, even looking at October, I'm hoping Watchdog Legions is good, but it's one of those weird yeah. falls there's no where the the game the games that are targeting me specifically as a gamer are all in November and they're all within a week of each other. So it's going to be pretty crazy. Well, also there. next-gen systems, like you would want those on the PS5 or Xbox Series X. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, we yep, don't know... Uh, we don't know if there's even more games because we, and we should talk about this next show if we don't get any more news, it's getting 
little ridiculous. I'm pretty patient, and I'm not like most of the other gamers. But I'm seeing a lot of posts like, hey, guys, when are you going to freaking announce pre-orders? And I'm getting to that point where, like, okay, guys, we're literally yeah. we're in September now. Or yep. in two days, we're in September. On, yeah, on Tuesday. Yep, yep. So September, October, and I think one of these consoles is going to come out early November. I think it's one of them's. I think it's Xbox. I said is going to come out November seventh. So you're two months away, and you have not announced pre-orders, pricing, none of that crap. So I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, All right, moving on, uh, real quick. Uh, I don't know. You guys can chime in if you want. If y'all are excited at all about Medal of Honor, I will say there's two reasons why I was pretty happy with this announcement. I did like the last Medal of Honor game that came out, even though it was kind of uh, it was a failure. That's why we haven't had another Medal of Honor. It didn't review that great, and it didn't sell that great. But the main reason I'm happy about this is Medal of Honor is more of a story-driven first-person shooter. So they really put an emphasis on telling you an engaging story. Whereas I do feel like, even though Call of Duty games do tell decent stories, their main focus has always been multiplayer. I feel like Medal of Honor is more focused on telling you a good story and then they tack on multiplayer. This is being done by Respawn. So... They've got the original yeah. Medal of Honor dudes. And the, by the way, the guy who runs Respawn, Vince Zampino, I think his name is, Zampano, uh, whatever his name is, Vince, he was one of the original dudes who did Medal of Honor. Oh. So he's really yeah, into this. Uh, Call of Duty. Yeah. Well, he did Call of Duty, but he did Medal of Honor too. So oh, he's one it. of the originals. And so he's really into making this sequel. Um, so I'm excited yeah. to see what it turns out to be because I am a huge respawn fan and I do have faith that they can make this a good game. Whereas they kind of fell short with Jedi fallen order. So I remember playing medal of honor back on the PS one. And then I played a bunch of the other ones, Um, but I, I loved those games. I thought they were really good. And so they, in my mind, they were the first like modern world war two shooter and they were really cool and they told to your point they told great stories and they had some fun multiplayer and then this little upstart series called call of duty came along and at least the first one which was world war ii based to me it's funny that you say that medal of honor was more the the story and call of duty was always multiplayer when call of duty one came on the scene i thought they took that storytelling to the next level and because i remember there i remember specifically really detailed doing that whole d-day um, assault on the beach. And that was in Call of Duty. And I think Medal of Honor has tackled that one before too. But the way Call of Duty did it and the details that they added in at the time, I remember playing this game and just being absolutely floored by the details, how visceral it was, how sad it was. Yeah. And then really the whole story through that first Call of Duty game. I bet you if you played it now, it wouldn't hold up. But back then, it just, I couldn't yeah. believe it. I thought I was playing through Saving Private Ryan the game. It was just so good. And then, of course, by Call of Duty 3, I think, was when their multiplayer really started to take off. And then, of course, we all know Call of Duty 4, yep. Modern Warfare, is when it, it kind of went atmospheric. Um, and Medal yeah. of Honor, at that point, disappeared. So I just thought it was interesting to see them kind of swap places in a way. And then Call of Duty was like, uh, multiplayer. And then they, they doubled down on that. Because that's when they yeah. started making their money. And now... Well, Battlefield started Battle becoming Honor more of the big kind of... Yeah. Battlefield is definitely... 
where Battlefield fails is in the story too. They're more multiplayer focused. I think Medal of Honor yeah. has. They're. I know for sure. I can speak for their last game. They failed at everything, but their goal is to create a, at least, prevents a story yeah. worth telling in this in this field. So hopefully, yeah. it turns out to be amazing. I'm going to go ahead and skip uh, as the host tonight. We're not talking Microsoft or Nintendo news. I'm not even going to let Tim talk about the Direct Mini. I don't give a crap about it. <laughs> There's nothing to talk about with Microsoft. I really want to end the show talking about what really matters in this situation, and that's Sony, because they actually had some news that was relevant, and they showed off something that actually matters that I do want to talk about. So one piece of uh, – well – I'll go ahead and hand it off to Daniel. You can yeah. you can talk about Sony, and then we'll end the show from there. Why don't you sit down hey, before me. before you do that, Dan? I actually am grateful because oh, I didn't want to go through the direct. I didn't want to go through the direct <laughs> mini stuff, dude. It sucked, and the games with gold for Microsoft also sucked. I didn't so even know I'm there happy. was. I didn't even know there was another mini, Tim. That's that's it how was, small dude, it was. It was, <laughs> it was just as disappointing as the other one they had. They need to stop it with this. Yeah. So go ahead, let's talk Sony because Sony was where the the fun hey, news was. This to week. be fair, though, in your defense, there are some pretty strong rumors right now that there is a new Switch coming out next year. So that would be great. That could be why. Be great. They're, probably quiet. Love, they're probably building up. To- they're building up the news. They're they're gathering all the news of all the stuff they want to say with the Switch Two or Switch Pro or whatever. I, I hope so. I want something. Yeah, to look they'll forward probably to do a related. Switch upgrade when the next Zelda is ready. That would be my guess. Yeah, same here. Well, that would be the end of this year, then. Mark That's my true. mark my words. Mark um, my words. Uh, so they're not really Zelda by the end of this year. They, at least they were I, I i felt very strongly that they were going to but since this pandemic happened i don't it's, i don't think it's true. spring at the earliest yeah yeah uh, but sony I wants to give you a chance to pre-order the ps5 directly from them now i don't actually know the specifics about that because i i saw that popping up and then i started looking around like oh, oh is gamestop taking i was like I, what, what's even going on here so um so they basically have a way you can register with your username okay. to get it's really confusing. It's actually not all that exciting when you read all the details of it. Yeah. It's just interesting that they're doing this so publicly. So the idea is you go to their website, and I'm not, I'm not sure if the registrations are even open anymore. So I'm sorry if you're getting excited and want to go do that. But I, I, So I did this. I went and I put in my PSN name and confirmed yeah. that that email address was attached to it. And then they said, okay, you now have a chance at us emailing you when pre-orders are available. A chance. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Yep. <laughs> Yep, that's basically what it is. And I think, I mean, I've heard all kinds of stuff about this on other podcasts and I've read about it. I have no idea how accurate any of this is, but it sounds like they really want to get their hardcore fans the first shot at this. So mm-hmm. people whose usernames are attached to a very highly used uh, and major Sony account. You know, I shop Sony and I play Sony and like, yeah. that's the vibe I got yeah, I from got others. Email, but, but I'm like a level 17 when it comes to like trophies. I've Dude. owned every PlayStation, so I will say I will be pissed if they don't send me an email saying, "Hey, you're part of the first wave. Do you want to pre-order through us?" Because I'll do it. I'm like, I'll do it. I'm like ten. I'm like ten percent away from my level thirty trophies, Derek. So you know, hmm. just well, Dan, get your name in there, man. I don't give a shit about you. <laughs> I don't give. I don't care. Clearly, my point is, is that I'm not some <laughs> soccer mom who's buying for her son who only yeah. plays Fortnite oh. on her on his PS4. Sure. Like I'm somebody who spends a lot of money on them. So 
And I want to say Derek, this. Derek, Derek, I want Derek, Derek. You are a soccer mom. <laughs> I am. Yes. Exactly. I wear some amazing tight pants at the soccer game. Yeah. Um, so I do want to ask you guys, because I get a little like nervous, even though I always end up getting what I want. Um, a little nervous around these types, uh, these times. I'm not worried about the Xbox Series X because I think the way Xbox is doing everything, it seems like they've they've lost a lot of hype. I do think there was hype there. I think they've lost a lot of hype. I think to get a Series X will be pretty easy. They'll try to fake like, oh, we're running out of pre-orders, but we all know. I agree with you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I am nervous about the PS5 because that's the one that I want the most. Because, and we've already talked about this, I can live without the Series X because I'm going to be able to play everything they have to offer on my PC, which will probably be better or equal to better than what the, the Series X will, will offer. So my thing is, is I really want a PS5 day one, especially since I do want to play Miles Morales and there are rumors i don't know if it's confirmed that demon souls remaster will be a launch day game plus the next game we're going to talk about ratchet and clank is going to be a launch window game which i think they're saying launch window i think it's going to be a day one if if it's not maybe a month later but i would be shocked Oof. if they don't get this at that'd launch. be a big miss i think yeah i think they need it at launch. launch window I think the reason why they're saying launch window is because they don't want to disappoint if they can't hit launch day, but I think the goal is launch day, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, anyways, so PS5 is very important to me. Like, I really want it. So I am a little nervous that I'm not going to be able to log into GameStop right away and get 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 one reserved or Best Buy or whatever. Are either one of you feeling that at all, or is it just like, hey, you're just... You know there's a lot of excitement, but the numbers are going to be there. You're going to be able to just walk into the store and pre-order it. What, well, what it do depends, you right? Be like? Well, like the thing for me is like I want to go to the store and like look a person in the face and be like, I need to reserve this. Because like, yeah, like we order yeah, things I online. I want to go to GameStop and use my yeah. credit. Yes. But like the thing is like maybe I ordered it online and that's convenient. But like I don't really fully trust that to be honest with you. Um you know, maybe the order doesn't go through properly, or maybe there's a delay with the console and it doesn't ship here the day it's supposed to. And then mm. I'm waiting like a week or two and everybody else has the freaking system. So, mm. um, I, I personally want yeah, to go I don't into the want store. to rely on shipping. Yes. I would prefer to pick it up yeah. in the store that night. Yes. I yeah. agree. Yeah. So I'm so not feeling any pressure feeling... to get this thing day one personally. I, I, so I'm excited about it. It's the only next-gen console that I plan on getting right now because, of course, I've talked about with a PC, I really don't need the Series X anymore. Sorry, Microsoft, but you've made it that way, okay? It's your fault. It's true. So I don't really need a Series X anymore. Um, so I do want a PS5, but again, it's, it's one of those things where I really want to play Ratchet & Clank, but I can wait. I really want to play a couple of the other games they announced that might be launch day, but none of them are like, I must play them right when they come out or I'm going to be devastated. There's no like cyberpunk or something like that that's exclusive to the PS5. So with that stuff in mind, I'll, I'll probably put down an online pre-order if I can manage to get one to go through, like Amazon or Best Buy or somebody. And then if it gets delayed or I don't get it day one, at this point at least, 
I'm not feeling that devastated if I find out I don't get Although, it. Although there are cross-gen games that like so like for instance Cyberpunk, I'm not playing that on my PS4. Like I'm waiting to pay that on my PlayStation Five. So st- I've already so got that pre order. So PC. for me, like yeah. that's going to be a launch title technically for me, and that's exciting. Sure, sure. Uh, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Stuff like that. So. But I guess I'm looking at it from do what do I have to have a PS5 for? Yeah. And I don't see very many of those things right now. Yeah. And that's fine. But, I actually well, don't. I, I don't criticize them for that. Asking... So. What I was asking is, do you guys think that, because I know PlayStation's goal was to get like 9 million. I don't know if the 9 million was for launch day or whatever, but they wanted to hit 9 million. Um, do you think pre-orders are going to be difficult to come by? Is what it, I'm dep- it depends if they I were think- able to fulfill the uh, extra amount, because apparently the past few months they were able to ramp up production. So I know, I, no, know I, the, I think, yeah, I think it'll be hard. I think it'll be hard. Ha. Uh, I think it'll be uh, hard for them to, uh, to figure out how to get one in the hands of every gamer who wants one. I do. Oh, I think sure. it's going to be tough. That's always the case though, right? Yep. No, not always. It depends no? on the console, but I think for Sony, um, I think, yeah, they, they are the clear PS4 console. Leader, so was pretty good about getting, pretty much into everybody's hands like you not everybody could they were low on number but you could still go to the they were but like you could go into the store within yeah. the first couple of weeks and you were able to get it yeah, the I, shortages weren't that I was working at gamestop at the time was i oh wait 20 when did it 2013 was it 2013 yeah. no I, and i wasn't no never mind i wasn't I, I think i was like a year or two before that so never mind yeah 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 I, I was able to pre-order both of them, but that at that time I had a friend. I mean, he's still there, but I don't talk to him as much because I don't buy game. I don't buy games or systems really in that store anymore. But as soon as the pre-orders became available, he he put it in for me. Um, so I never really had to worry she about. Said, oh, I gotta get off work, or I gotta drive there real fast, or anything like that. But. But now I don't really have that hookup, so for me it's like uh, I don't want to have another because my memories are from like the Xbox 360 sitting. I remember doing this for hours, sitting online, like refreshing Best Buy, waiting for that pre-order link, and it never came, and it was sold out everywhere. And I didn't get a well, 360 for like that- months. Keep in mind that e-commerce store technology is much more advanced than it was then. I oh, think yeah, even the experience of pre-ordering the Switch three and a half years ago now, that was just much smoother than it had been for any previous console. So now we've had three more years of combination of Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, Target, all these stores. Their online systems are much more uh, prepared for this kind of stuff. And that's what, and I'm, so, and that's yeah. what I'm hoping Sony's doing with this uh, enter in your, your tag. Because I, I think what what I'm hoping is let's say they get 20 million gamers. Uh, uh, that could be a, an exaggeration, but let's say they got 20 million gamers to sign up for that email. My hope is that, well, I don't think they got a, like a crew of little uh, Japanese people going through and going, oh, he's a level 15. We can, we can send him an email. I don't think they're doing anything like that. No, they're definitely not looking at your trophy but, levels and deciding who gets the pre-order. Hmm. Exactly. But what I'm hoping is is that they're going, okay, we got 20, 20 million emails, right? We only have 9 million PlayStation 5s. All right, let's 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 offer this to, to 10 million people 
and let's give them the opportunity to pre-order because not everybody's going to pre-order through them, right? So, and they let's say they get five or six million. My hope is that they're going to take everybody who put that email in and offer a pre-order. That's what I'm really hoping is that it it was a gimmick to find out how many people are interested, and then I think it was a way to alleviate people buying multiple consoles and then jacking the prices up. Making sure yeah, that guys, that's exactly Daniel, it. There's, there's Daniel there's and all this. Hey, yes. And so my hope is that they're they're saying, hey, Daniel, you put your name in. Derek, you put your name in. We're gonna offer one to you. Like you're guaranteed to there's, get one. Yeah. There's, there's two pieces to, to this. Yeah. One is that Derek, we don't want you to buy three and sell two on eBay. So there's that, of course, yes. right? They can just do it one per username. But there's also there's a reality of they don't have to pay retailers or they don't have to pay shipping costs in the same way of like, as far as shipping it to a store that then has to, so it's a one-time shipping cost. Um, so I think there's, there's a dual thing here. One, I think they get more direct value by selling them direct. In my opinion, I could be wrong on that. Um, but of course they also can limit it to one per customer, uh, at least if, you know, through their pre-order. Yep. So I think, I think that's pretty smart. I think it makes sense. It's just a matter of, to Derek's point, will they deliver on this? Will they actually offer it to everyone who signed up? Is it a lottery? Is it somehow earned? I, I just, I have not, no idea. And also, we also have no idea when is this thing actually releasing? How much is it going to cost? All those questions. It's, it's pretty crazy. We do still have questions. All right, so let's move on to Ratchet and Clank. Let's just end the show there. We don't need to talk about PS Plus. Nobody cares. So Ratchet and Clank... They showed actual gameplay. They showed an entire demo, and this was running on the PS5. Um, and the reason I'm doing the talking right now is I'm going to ask Daniel, what were your... Did you get to see it? I guess I should ask you that. You said well, you if it was new gameplay, if it was new gameplay, then no. But, I mean, they showed the gameplay from the the you know first reveal of it. So no, This was new. No, this is was new now. stuff. They actually had... They had two developers talking to Jeff Keeley, and then they ran through the demo. For I think it was an eight-minute yeah. demo. It was a very I mean, this game demo. is gorgeous. And then I mean, just the straight end. up, yeah, it's just straight up gorgeous. Like this is a Pixar movie. Like it's insane. Okay, Dan, real quick, can I get you to admit that Kingdom Hearts Three is not like a Pixar movie, <laughs> but Ratchet and Clank? Is. Well, I mean, yeah. listen, there are yeah. varying degrees of Pixar levels, right? I mean, oh, Toy Story One. Toy Story 1 doesn't look like Toy Story 4, so, I mean... Obviously, we mean Pixar of today. <laughs> well, I mean, Kingdom Hearts is what, at this point, two, three years old? Is it two, oh, maybe? No. So, Pixar of two years ago... Pixar of two years ago, Tim, you know. <laughs> he's not He's not giving it up. All right, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. Dan, you need to go watch this. It was not very spoilery, plus it's Ratchet and Clank, okay. so who cares? Yeah. Um, and it was really good. Like, it's just, again, another example of how good... Um, some games that are designed correctly will look on next-gen uh, systems. Well, it's going to look fantastic. It's also the mechanics, right? Because the whole uh, solid-state drive, how he's going to yeah. um, cr- uh, Ratchet and Clank are bouncing between these different dimensions and uh, very quickly, yeah. and it's just it's very right. smooth. A smooth. Can I say something so. about that? And I know it's going to sound like I'm I'm stomping on you SSD people, and anybody who's in our group knows what I mean by SSD. I have it little saying for that what it stands for but like stupid a lot dumb of playstation dumb. like fans yeah that's <laughs> dumb dumb that's that's sdd you moron um but basically <laughs> how smart I am. The, the ps5 is getting <laughs> the ps5 is getting hyped up because of 
the SSD, which I, I agree. I had a long conversation with Kent in our group. Kent's a very smart guy. He is a pony, but uh, I enjoy talking to him because he's smart enough to see the value in things, but also criticize stuff that's stupid that Sony does. And he likes Xbox too. So I can have conversations with him. So he explained to me why the SSD is truly different than what we've, what we've seen so far and how it can impact in a positive way. And it does sound super cool. Here's what I'm going to bring up with Ratchet and Clank. I'm not really understanding how they're using it like any different than Bioshock Infinite. So go back to Bioshock Infinite played when they had tears in the game and you literally walked through it, there was no loading screen and it, you just went into a new environment. So to me, that's what this is. They're, rip, they're rifting apart uh, part of the game and then you're going into it and there's no loading. But this stuff's already preloaded just like it would be in Bioshock Infinite. And for anybody who's getting angry right now, Bioshock Infinite, I understand it's not as fast, it's not as pretty. I get all that. There is obviously a difference in the technology. My point is, is, I don't think we should just be saying this new SSD is what's causing them to be able to do this, and Xbox won't be able to do that. Well, you have to do a comparison. I'm saying you'd have to literally have both things side by side. Like, yeah. I think Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart can play on the Xbox Series X just like it's doing on the PS5, is what I'm saying. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know if we've truly unlocked what SSD can do when it comes to the ps5 version because i will admit even pcs their ssd it works fine it doesn't change the way games play it just does things faster um the way it's being presented for ps5 it could potentially be a game changer well i, I guess it just depends ration- because well consoles are built from the ground up to be what they are is to be something that plays video games so when you're building something that does a very specific thing you're gonna mm-hmm. then have all its internals do very specific things to i guess make games better or to do different unique things that yeah. like pcs aren't built to play games pcs are built to do a bunch of different things you can also play yeah. games on them so you know. Let me ask you guys this. Do you feel like the way it's being pitched is as if Sony or Sony fans or whoever are suggesting no other system could do this? Because I never well, got that vibe. I yeah. always got the vibe of people saying, look at this awesome software that's actually taking advantage yeah. of our awesome new hardware. I never thought anyone was suggesting no, other consoles. No, I would disagree. Actually, the big thing, and that's why I make fun of the SSD, because PCs come with SSD. So if you Tim has one right now. It's it's built in. So if he downloads a game on his SSD, it does boot up faster. It loads faster. It does everything faster, right? There's not a significant difference, but again, that's because we're playing current games right now. And to Daniel's point, PlayStation, when designed, PS5, I should say, when designed, was designed by Mark Cerny to have the SSD funnel information faster meaning it's it's got a bigger porthole basically that it can funnel more information and it can actually do it where stuff is already stored up before you even get there so it doesn't even have to load it's already built in so it's definitely going to impact first party games probably the most can third party developers utilize this as well yes 
and keep in mind again, Xbox Series X has SSD as well, so that's it's not different on that. the The load times will still be fast. It's just yeah. whether if the way this is designed, yes, it has been hyped by the ponies more than anything. And keep in mind, most ponies don't even know what the fucking SSD is. Um, <laughs> this has been hyped as a you legitimate mean, game. Stupid dumb dumb, right? <laughs> stupid yeah, dumb dumb. <laughs> The stupid dum dums don't even. Hey know guys, real quick, I am name. I am naming this episode "Stupid Dum Dum." That's what I'm naming. This. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. <laughs> Hold on, no, put SSD, so, but then next to it in parentheses, parentheses, put "Stupid Dum Dum." That's exactly what I'm going to do. You got it. <laughs> and then a picture of Daniel Freitas's face. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, I will. I I disagree there. I do think this is getting hyped up. I think most of the console wars, and again. I don't think you guys are in a lot of the bigger groups where you see this as much. And all you have to do is pay attention to Fab. He just types SSD over and over. SSD, 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 SSD. So just going real like, clear, Derek, I want to make sure that I'm following with you. You're saying that there are Sony fans, whether it's specific people in our group or elsewhere, that legitimately yeah. think because of what they are seeing in games like Ratchet and Clank, it proves that the PS5 can do things the Series X can't. You're saying that's actually what they're saying. Yes, that's what they're and so advertising that's, about. That's PS5. where I struggle because I, I'm, I feel like they actually have a strong point to stand on to say, hey, the consoles might be relatively equal when it comes to power, and there's going to be some variation. But guys, your games suck. You don't have any exclusive games to your console. There's no like they actually have a good point there. And so Xbox fans typically struggle to make a strong case for here's why to buy our box when you already have a PC yeah. or a PS5. So that, to me, is a good argument. Makes sense. But to sit there and make it sound as if the hardware underneath the hood is so much different and special, that's just kind of stupid. I'll be, that's stupid dum-dum. I'll be honest. Well, <laughs> well, I will say this. It's a, it's a response or a rebuttal to the teraflops argument. So sure. oh my gosh. This, was, this was announced... A, over a year all ago, flops, bro. we all knew Ugh. we all knew that the Xbox Series X was going to be more powerful when it comes to the video card, right? So that means that it can do more graphically. Um, so should in theory oh get word. more frames per second, should get more peace. Dude, we're so just over here at Nintendo hoping for a 1080p portable screen. Okay, <laughs> that's all we want. <laughs> Is that thing LCD N- still? N- Nintendo's in their office right now, like planning their switch too and they're like we're st- the playstation 5 still runs a 1080p right so if we can hit that we'll be on we'll be on par right that's what we're going for right okay good so um, what was that southern so, bell like <laughs> yeah the southern japanese accent <laughs> so anyways the point uh, is, is it, it was a rebuttal like this isn't like made up in my head the the response was we're more powerful. And then now the PlayStation fans are like, but, but my SSD. And that really came that's after a little <laughs> Epic's showing. Yeah. Um, Epic's showing of their demo using the power of the PlayStation 5. So it, it was trying to bro- broadcast like, hey, this is how much the SSD can impact. Not only like how fast you boot up a game, but how fast you like that you don't even actually see it loading the next world or we're we're eliminating everything and to Kent's point when I had the conversation 
because I brought up the teraflops thing. I was like, but the Series X is still more powerful. And he's like, yes, but they could actually utilize these assets and the SSD to actually help with the graphical power as well. If that's true, we'll see. I still think you're going to see that Xbox Series X is the more powerful console when it comes to how a game looks and how it runs. I do think the advantage that PlayStation is going to have not only over Series X, but over PC when it launches, is the SSD. How it's utilized, we'll see. My point is, is I think people are jumping on, look at what it's doing with Ratchet & Clank, but I think Ratchet & Clank could run on my PC and the Xbox Series X just as it is. Do I don't thing. think that's an SSD thing for PS5 only, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Who knows? Remains to be seen. I do know this. I know that... Say, uh, they need to give us some details on both of these launches because right now yeah, it's, I'm done it's talking about ridiculous. this crap. Like we shouldn't be talking about, well, how much do you guys think it's going to be? And when do you think like, okay, we're two months out. We need to know, let people pre-order, let them. I, I mean, you should be saving up your money now, but let them like, have an idea of how much do they need to save? Like how I saw, much do uh, there was, um, I forget what site it was, but they, they were doing an article. I think it was Polygon. Or maybe it was Kotaku. They were like, so we should just delay next gen, right? Like, let's just go ahead and do that. So maybe we can discuss that next week. Like, what would be the pros and cons of that or something? Yeah, assuming we don't hear anything by then, which I'm going to go ahead and assume we won't. Uh, Yeah, that's a good topic for next week. Yeah, because this is getting out of hand for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so is the length of this episode. We need to wrap it up. (laughs) Yeah, we're ending the show, but I will say uh, one of the news stories that came out for Microsoft, and it wasn't like, what is a new story is the fact that we're not we have not seen any games any gameplay on an actual xbox series x now that is no longer true because they actually released actual gameplay on an xbox series x i'm not talking about a pc that's of the same power i'm talking about a series x they just did it but they did it with like some smaller titles so we haven't seen like halo gears anything running on series x the reason that's a big deal is again if you're going to advertise for over a year so this isn't like well they just done it the last month for over a year hey we've got the most powerful console check out our powerful console how about you show me a game running on your most powerful console so i know what it a looks like b how it runs i'd love to see stats like there are still a lot of ignorant gamers out there, but there are less ignorant gamers when it comes to frame per second and P's than there was seven years ago. This generation has yeah. changed the way gamers look at games. Everything is about, well, is it 4K or uh, how, many, how, how many frames per second? Like, that's all we I'll care about piece. now. Or most, yeah, you, know. you know, they would so. they would never do this, but I would love for Microsoft and Sony to open up the doors to a digital foundry to get in there and put up a like a 30 minute to maybe a 60 minute breakdown of the two consoles and the pros and cons. Like I would love that. I just know they would never do that. Yeah. Of course. Cause they want to be they able to will market them, so. do it. Like they will let digital foundry have their hands on it. I think even before launch Xbox, I think will for sure do it. Uh, PlayStation, maybe not, but they will have digital foundry maybe right before launch. If they're confident or after launch, they won't have a choice because they'll have it. But there will be videos showing you the power of and what is good, what is bad. Is this a legit console that's powerful, as powerful as a, a decent PC or is it just more just paper crap 
that didn't turn out to to be very powerful in the long run. Um, And then I I would say, last thing, because it was announced that uh, Ratchet & Clank, the goal is to hit native 4K at 30 frames per second. I did see some negative reaction from that. Again, this is and this is where I said I asked him earlier, are you getting arrogant or or he will. He hasn't hit it yet. And here's how I know he'll eventually turn arrogant and become a prick like me. You'll get Friends. tired of reading dumb there was people complaining about this native four K at thirty frames per second because they're like, This is next gen it should be sixty frames. I'm gonna say it again if you listen to our show. If they are talking about ray tracing you are not going to hit 60 frames per second at native 4K no. on any of these new consoles if they are adding ray tracing to these games. To me, it's yep. unacceptable to be at 30 frames per second for a Ratchet & Clank game if they don't have any ray tracing at all. But if you've actually activated ray tracing on your PC without DLSS... It drains your game by like thirty to forty frames per second. Yeah, if you it'll, activate it'll right DLSS, up. it will drain it by probably about twenty frames per second, maybe ten, twenty. Yeah, like when you fire second. up Control, it even wants to know, "Hey, are you going to want ray tracing?" Because we're actually going to use a totally different version of DirectX depending huh. on whether or not you want ray tracing. <laughs> wow! So yes, it's a big deal. You have to use DirectX twelve, and right. and then if the suggested, I imagine you're doing this is that you activate DLSS 2.0 as well. When you do that, right. all for those who don't know, hopefully you're still listening to our show and I haven't bored you to death, but DL, DLSS 2.0 is a cool technique that, or a technology that allows you to run games at 4K or 1440p, but it's actually processing the data at half that. So you could set it to, let's say for 1440p, you could set it for 1080p. So it's actually right. running the game, like the specs of the game, at 1080p, but you're looking at a 1440p version of it. Well, and that gives it more room to run at a higher yeah, click so and, at a, and to let the ray tracing process. Yep. Yeah, so it's allowing the game to process and run as if you're playing it in 1080p, but what you're looking at visually looks more like 1440p. So it's a really, yeah, really cool. powerful, cool tool that hopefully these consoles will actually have. That They don't have, I'm going to tell you right now, they don't have DLSS 2.0 because that is NVIDIA's technology, but they probably have some version that they're creating. Especially, that can change the Teraflops game as well. Like, you can be like, oh, the PS5 is 2.5 less Teraflops, but if they have some type of cool DLSS technology that maybe Microsoft doesn't have, that's a game changer, and vice versa. If Microsoft invests in it and Sony doesn't, that's a huge game changer. But anyways, the point I was trying to make as we end the show is ray tracing eats up frames per second, and so do not be surprised if you see a lot of games advertising, hey, we hit native 4K, but we're only going to be able to run this game at 30 frames per second. Hopefully that's including ray tracing of some sort because it does eat up, up, eat up that yeah. frames per second. Absolutely. All right, that's yep. a wrap. That's the show. Anybody got anything they want to end it on? No, I'm good. Don't be uh just don't All be right. an SSD. Don't be an SSD. Be smart. <laughs> dumb dumb. Right? Be smart. Use good words. Be smart. Use the best words. Stupid dumb dumb. All right. Can you can you cut off Daniel now? All right. That's the show. We're done.
Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! <laughs> Boy, you are not ready. Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight. <laughs> <laughs>